before we receive the offering today, I want to just share some thoughts with you from the scriptures and just remind you about what God is calling our church to do. I want to talk to you just a little bit today about the future of our church and where we're going and, and, and what God uh, is calling us to be and calling us to do. And I want to just remind you that there's no greater cause than the cause of Christ. There's no greater cause in the universe. There's nothing that you can live for that is greater than living for the purposes of God. And I look at you this morning and I ask you a question straight up. I want you to just be honest in your answer to your own heart. Are you living your life for the purposes of God? For you will never know true fulfillment and you will never know true joy until your life is fully surrendered to the one who made you. In this service, we're inviting you to be a part of that greatest cause in the world, a cause that is more significant, again, than anything else you can do because what we deal with here is not temporary, but eternal. And so uh, we want you to partner with us as a church family in spreading the gospel. Have you ever wondered, what is Whitley Church here for? What is the bridge here for? Why are we planting another church in Smithfield? What's up? Here's the deal. God has burned it in my heart. He has burned it in the hearts of our staff members. He has burned it into the hearts of our church board that we are to do everything we can as creatively and innovatively as possible to spread into the dark world that Jesus Christ, the Son of God who is God, God himself took on flesh, came to this earth in Bethlehem, lived a life of perfection, died on the cross of Calvary to pay for your sins and mine, was buried to be forgotten, but three days later rose from the dead. And because he lives, I can live and you can live if we will but accept what he did for us and accept him personally into our heart. See, it's our job to spread that. It's our job to, to tell that. I don't know whether you noticed it or not, but today in all of the songs uh, or in the song that we were singing, it kept talking about the light, the light, the light. In the songs that we'll sing later, we're gonna have some more worship uh, today at the end of the service. You're gonna see light. That's what we are. We are light, but we're not to just stand here on this property and shine the light out from this property, but we are to take the torches and go forth into the darkness and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, life is a test. You're being tested. I'm being tested right now. You see, if we're blessed, we'll live on this earth 70, 75, maybe 80 years. We had a man stand up the other week who was 94 years old, and he travels and drives and goes anywhere he wants to go, but we know that on average, 70, 75 years. And in that time, in that little short time, here's what happens. God gives you things. And then he watches to see what you do with the things he's given you. 1 Corinthians 9 and 10 talk about that. The Bible says God gives seed 
He puts a seed in your hand. He uses the farmer here. We talked about it a little bit last week. God gives seed for the farmer to plant. Then look at how Paul goes right into the application to us. He says, he'll also give you seed and multiply what you hold on to. No. What you hoard. No. He will multiply what you generously plant. In your lives, he will increase the things you do. Uh, he will increase the things you do that have his approval. So when we obey him, I told somebody this morning, and this is uh, sort of a crude illustration, but you know, if, if, if God is here and we're on the earth and there's this conduit, there's this tube, if you will, of blessing, the, the, the more we resist God, the narrower that tube. The more we obey him, the broader that tube and the more blessings flow into our life. You're going to hear a lot today about obedience. We have a video clip that's going to talk about obedience and that's all we're asking you to do today. When you do things that, that have his approval, he will increase blessing in your life. One writer said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Another writer said, people are remembered not for what they received, but for what they gave. I saw on the news yesterday that Bill Gates and his wife, I think it's on 60 Minutes tonight, Bill Gates and his wife are trying to give away their money. I wish I had his number. <laughs> I would love to call Brother Bill and tell him about offering fit for a king. The boy could help us, I'm telling you right now. Um, so, so we're not remembered for what we receive. You, you never see a person go down in history as, as a great person because they received something. It's always because they gave. Greatness is in the giving. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and 10, y'all remember the Jabez prayer? You remember Jabez in the Bible? Remember how that was so popular a few years ago? Well, I gotta tell you something, we can make it popular and it can become culturally the end thing to do at church and we can get Bible studies and all of that and that's fine, but I gotta tell you something, that verse has always been there and it's there now and it means the same thing. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and 10, there was a man named Jabez who was more distinguished and there's a really good study right there on that word distinguished. It means he was a man of honor and integrity. He was more distinguished than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful for her. Verse 10, look what he prayed. Look what Jabez prayed. He was the one who prayed to the Lord God of Israel, to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me. Anybody for that? Oh, that you would bless me. Then he said, oh, that you would extend my lands. Anybody for that? Now, that means you got to mow more grass, but still, I mean, that's good. Oh, that you would bless me and extend my lands. How about this next thing he prayed? Please be with me, Lord, in all that I do. And then look finally and keep me from all trouble and pain. That's a good prayer right there. Look what that says right at the end. Isn't that beautiful what it says right at the end? And God granted him his request. God wants to bless you. Let's look at another prayer in the Bible. It's the prayer of Agar. Now this prayer of Agar was not as popular as the prayer of Jabez. And when I read it, you'll know why. 
The prayer of Agar is in Proverbs 30, 7 through 9. He says, oh God, I beg two favors from you before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. And that's too late for all of us here, I understand. But still, help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty. And the people said, I don't want any poverty to you. But then look what he said, nor riches. Whoa. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. And then he says, for if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who's the Lord? And if I'm too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Now, let me make something really clear. The writer here is not saying that there is any holiness or sinfulness in riches. He's also saying there's not any holiness or sinfulness in poverty. Here's what he's teaching us. He's teaching us to have a balanced perspective of money. You see, it's all about your attitude. Remember what the Bible says? Money is the root of all evil? No. What does it say? The, your attitude, how you think about it, how you look at it. You see, the bottom line is that either extreme, poverty or riches, can get you to forget God or cause you to forget God. Wealth can make you prideful and arrogant. Poverty can make you bitter, make you do something you wouldn't otherwise do. It's not about the money, ladies and gentlemen. Life is not about acquiring things. Money is a tool to do good. That's what it is. Money is a tool to do good. You say, well, this is just not a good time for me, Pastor. I'm waiting for a, a better time, a more convenient time. So when I come up today, I, I, I really don't have very much to give, and I'm not going to give very much, and, uh, you know, because it's just a really not a good time. I'm so glad you said that, because I want to show you a verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. Amen, amen? Some of you singles out there, you all picky. Now is the time to start the investment program for eternity. We want Whitley Church and our, our satellites, the bridge, to be the most Christ-like church in the world. And we cannot be Christ-like. We cannot be Christ-like until we learn as a church, listen, listen, to be radically generous. 2 Corinthians 8 and 5. 2 Corinthians 8 and 5, I love this. It says they first gave themselves unreservedly to God. See, that's the first thing. God, it's not your purse, it's not your wallet, it's not your bank account, it's you. He's after they gave themselves, that's the first step, give your life to God. Then, out of you giving your life to God, look what happens. The other giving flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. So when you get right with God, then you become a generous person. Here's what one writer said about that. He said, if you start living for the purposes of God, you cannot help but start giving to the purposes of God. So today our church is going to obey God and we're gonna tithe on our income. Let's look at one more verse and then we're done. First Chronicles chapter 29. This is when the money was being raised to build the temple. David was getting old. He was about to turn the uh, kingdom over to his son Solomon. 
And uh, they're bringing their offering. They're kind of like, you know, sort of like we're doing today. They're bringing their offering. And I want you to look at verse 1, 1 Chronicles 29, 9. The people were overjoyed. And what made the people be overjoyed? That the leaders, the leaders gave so generously and wholeheartedly to the Lord. So I want to tell you that your leaders are giving today. Millie and I decided on an amount and wrote a check, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an amount, because I didn't feel like it was fair for me to get up here and challenge you and challenge you and for me to give some comfortable amount. So we gave an uncomfortable amount. When we wrote that check, we kind of, you know what I'm saying? We didn't give until it hurt. We gave until it felt good. We waited, and it felt good. And so we're giving today. Your staff is giving and their spouses are giving. Your deacon board, uh, your, your elder board is giving today. Your ministry directors are giving today in this offering. So I want to say to you that your leaders are giving. We are doing what we've challenged you to do. Now I want you to look. David knew how to worship as a matter of fact, there's one place in the Bible when the, when the Ark of the Covenant was coming into town and David was so happy about that, man, he was, he was dancing, you know, doing the happy dance. It even embarrassed his wife. You know you're really worshiping when you embarrass your wife. Amen? Amen. King David was also overjoyed and he praised the Lord while the whole assembly watched. So they're watching their king down there. I mean, he may have some age on him, but he's still got some moves. Amen? And look what David said. Oh, man, this is some of the most powerful scripture in the whole Bible. Look what David said. David said, greatness, power, glory, splendor, majesty are yours, Lord, because everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Isn't that good? The kingdom is yours, Lord. And you are honored as head above all things. You rule everything. You hold power and strength in your hand. And you can make anyone great and strong. So our God, I love this, I love it. We thank you. We thank you. That's what David said when he brought his offering. He brought his offering and said, so, so our Lord, we say thank you. And we praise your wonderful name. That's what we're doing today, guys. We're saying thank you. Praise your wonderful name. And then he goes on. He says, but who am I? And who are my people that you, Lord, would give so generously? I love the last sentence. Everything comes from you. Everything comes from you. And we give you only what comes from your hand. You know what David's saying? He's saying to us right here at Whitley Church that whatever we put in here today, whatever we put in here, God put it in your pocket to put it in here. Isn't that something? 100% of it came from here. I mean, here's the deal. Let me just remind you guys about the deal we got. There's some people who just still can't buy into that. God goes, I give you a dollar, you give me 10, 10 cents out of that dollar, I'll let you keep 90 cents. Then God looks at that 10 cents you gave and he's so moved by it and your obedience that he just blesses you way more than the 10%. Now, if you got any business sense, from a purely logical standpoint, you've got to buy into that deal right there. That's a great deal. Had a lady come up to me this morning. She was so excited. 
She said, did you say, hear my message? I left on your voicemail. I said, no, I hadn't checked it. She said, let me tell you. She said, I've been wanting this job, and, and I couldn't get it, and they told me they weren't hiring, and it just wasn't going to happen. She said, you've been preaching on us, giving money, and she said, and, and, and it touched my husband's heart, and she said, my husband just said, you know what, we're going to write this check, and she told me the amount they wrote, and she said, and i got to tell you, Pastor, we didn't have it, and, and I didn't know what we were going to do, and she said, we put that in, and the next day I got a call, and they said, could you come in for an interview on this job? I mean, that's how God does stuff, amen. That's how he does it. So let's talk about what this offering is for today. Let's talk about what it's for. It is for the spreading of the gospel. That's what it is for ultimately is the spreading of the gospel. Now let me give you five ways that we're going to use this money. Number one, we're going to use it to expand this facility. Guys, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we got we to add on here. Now we added a third service, but I got to tell you in this culture, it's hard to get people to come to church at noon, okay? And, uh, you know, I'm up here trying to preach and eat chicken, and it's just a hard, it's hard, okay? So, so I'm not even sure that third service is going to work. I'm not sure it's going to continue. We did want to give that a big, big try, you know, to try to get people to move from this service to the third and from the early service to the third so we, you know, we could just kind of open up the space. But I understand, hey, listen, we just want you here. We just want you here. You come when it's most convenient for you. But I want you to look at this piece of paper right here. It says, building for the future, building for our children. All right? I just want to show it to you real quick. On that side of the paper, at the top, is our current building as it is, okay? That's our current facility, the building you're in right now, that's it. Down under that is the campus. That's the whole 10-acre campus right there. Now, if you'll look, you'll see the orange part right there, which is the, the main campus right now, the main building you're in it, you're sitting in it. Well, on the back, there's a little yellow box. You see that? That's the new part, that's what we're going to add to this building. Now, let me tell you how the board, how the staff, how we're viewing this. We had a board meeting this past week. Not boring meeting, a board meeting. It's like the guy who showed up at the deacon board meeting and they said, uh, why are you here? He said, I, I wanted to come to the, to the meeting. They said, but this is the board meeting. He said, there's nobody in this church more bored than me, so I wanted to show up for the meeting. Okay. That's all I got today. So, I mean, you can do whatever. <clears throat> so let's turn it over. And you will see the addition here. The addition. Now that's additional seating. What will happen is right behind, you guys in the overflow, wave at me. Special people in the overflow. Special. Right behind them, we will have stadium seating. And we'll be able to seat 1,100 in here. Okay, be able to see the 1100. <clears throat> That's awesome. Thank God. Right out in the middle of Soybeanville, North Carolina. 1100 seat sanctuary. Now, if you'll notice behind that, we have a much larger coffee shop, Core Values. Core Values? Amen. This, that will open up this foyer. This foyer will be a lot more open and a lot more traffic will be able to flow through there. So we're creating some educational space. If you'll look down below here, that's the second level. There will be a uh, uh, another level that will have classrooms and all of that above uh, the stadium seating or, or rather behind the stadium seating, I'm sorry. 
So there, there that is. Just look at that. All right? And then there's, a, there's the front view of how the church will look after it's built. There's a side view. And there's the rear view of the church after that addition is on. Now look. Take this home. Put it on the refrigerator. Pray about it. Because we don't know that this is God's perfect plan. Here's what we said at the board meeting this week. We said, we said uh, and, I, and I appreciate Ricky Lancaster. Ricky's been here at the church almost from day one since I got here 20 years ago, and he has just helped us so much with our financial part of our church. And, and he, he spoke words of wisdom. He said, you know, let's move forward, guys. He said, and let's just keep our eyes and ears open, and if God says stop, we'll stop. Amen? So we're just going to, you know, it's kind of like last week. You remember last week? You just got to, you all remember that? You got to take the step. And it is when God sees you take a step that he shows more light and gives more light. So we're not sure this is the deal. I mean, nobody's gotten a vision from heaven, you know. So pray about this. This is your church. This is your church. This is for your kids. So you pray about this. Um... So we're going to expand this building. The other thing we're going to do is there is some expansion that needs to be done at the bridge in Goldsboro. That church is growing. We averaged over 300 in attendance at that church last month at the bridge in Goldsboro. I, I, I say this with all humility, that is bigger than most churches. So God is blessing us. And I believe when we plant the church in Smithfield, I believe in about a year, it's going to be at 250, 300. In two years, I believe we'll be close to 500 people at that location in Smithfield. I really do believe that just because we're going to lift up Jesus. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will what? Draw people to me. So we're going to lift him up. So we're going to expand there. We need to expand ministry. We need to expand ministry space. We need to go to Sunday morning. We need to go to Sunday morning at the bridge in Goldsburn. Eventually, we will go to Sunday morning. And I know you want to come up and go, how are we going to do that? I don't know. <laughs> but I know that's what God's saying. And then we're going to use some of the money that you're going to give today, not only to expand this and do some things at the bridge in Goldsboro, but we got to plant this church in Smithfield. And it's going to take tens of thousands of dollars just to get that church planted in a temporary location. I mean, it's expensive stuff, but we know this is what God is saying to us. There's no, listen to me, there is no debate on the staff. There's no debate on the deacon board. There's no debate among our, among our ministry directors about the direction of this church. And I got to tell you something, I've been a pastor for almost 40 years. That is a miracle. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's a miracle. Nobody debates. Nobody emails and goes, I think you're off base. I think we're off the... I don't, we're just, I mean, it's like God laid it out. You guys looked at it and went, yep, that's God, let's go. I'm so proud of you. I love you and thank God for um, what he's going to do in the future. The fourth thing we're gonna do is we're gonna give some of this money away. We're gonna go, we felt like God was saying to us, hey, you know what, you've asked your people to plant a seed. Now when they give, I want you as a church to plant a seed. So we're gonna go out of town somewhere where nobody knows us, knows who we are, and we're gonna find a struggling church, maybe a, a struggling Hispanic church that has a lot of potential or a, or a guy who's planted a church and he's kind of struggling and we're just gonna walk up to him and give him $10,000. Amen, amen. Now the reason we're gonna do that 
You say, well, pastor, what about something around here? Because we don't want pictures. We don't want pats on the back. We want to take that check and go, take that. Don't thank me. Just take it. Because we want God to bless us. We don't want the blessing to be a picture in the paper of me going, hi, here's $10,000. I don't want that picture because that's my blessing, and I don't want that. I want the hand of God on what we're doing. Amen, amen. So we're just going to go give somebody $10,000. Now, don't tell that. They'll be calling me. God will show us what to do with that. God will show us. All right? Y'all feel good about this? All right. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, listen. You say, well, now, what are we going to do next weekend? I mean, you know, we're going to tie this week, and we're going to go back to disobeying God next weekend? I hope not. So I got a little blue piece of paper for you. Once you pull that out, let me just show it to you. This is the plan, and, and, and here's what we're doing with this. We're just kind of giving you this. We're not going to check up on you. We're not going to call you. We're not going to write you. We're not going to remind you personally. We might remind in some general emails and stuff, but here's what we hope you'll do after today. After today, we hope that you will take the next step in your giving. Now, here's what we did. We found out that there are 506 giving units. See that right over here, right down here, 506 giving units. Now, that could be a little five-year-old that is dropped off by his mom and dad on Sunday morning. He's a giving unit. If he's got a little nickel in his pocket and he gives it and we got a record of him giving it, that's, that's, he's a giving unit. Amen? So we got 506 giving units in this church. Now, what we did is broke it down. We have 223 giving units that are giving a dollar to $24 a week, okay? Going up to uh, maybe the third or fourth step, we got 49 giving units in this church that are giving 50 to $74 a week. And you can go right on up. We got two that are giving 300 to 350 uh, per week. And to those two, I want to say, all right, but I love all of you. Okay, because I'm not one of those two either. All right? Thank God for generous people that God put in our body. And I'm going to tell you something. We got some people here who could write us a big check if they would. Just thought I'd mention it. <laughs> Seriously. I'll tell you something this church has never had. We've never had. I've had it happen to some of my pastor buddies where somebody walks up with a $50,000 check or $100,000 check and just gives a generous blessing. But you know what? I'm believing for that. And if in the middle of the week on a Monday or Tuesday you hear a holler from Princeton, it'll be because that happened. Amen. I just believe God puts people in the body who have been especially blessed financially to be able to do things like that. Amen. All right. Sure got quiet in here, didn't it? So here's what we want you to do. Find yourself on here. Find yourself and take the next step. Find yourself on this, on this deal and take the next step. You say, good grief, you know, I'm giving 50. You want me to go to 75? I don't think I can do that, Pastor. Well, can you take a half step? Can you take a $10 step? See, because if everybody just took a little step it would move us more toward his will in our generosity and it would provide us with the money to do what we need to do here at this church. And that's all I'm going to say about that. 
Here's how we're going to take the offering. Now, I'm going to look like I'm landing an airplane here, okay? So y'all work with me. You guys in the two middle sections, can I hear it from these two sections right here? Let me just hear something right here. All right, here's what you guys are going to do. And it's going to sound odd what I say, but it's going to keep the flow right. You're going to exit. What I'm going to do, when you see me give my offering, now this morning the early church congregation couldn't wait for me to give my offering. They just went right ahead of me which is cool. <laughs> but when I'm going to give my offering. When you see me give my offering, that is the signal for all of us to begin to give. So you guys will exit that way. You'll come down, drop your offering in, and go right back to your seat. Bring your connect cards with you too, and your offering, drop it right in there. You guys right here will go into that aisle. You'll walk right down here, drop your offering in, go right back up that middle, and go into your seat. That'll keep the flow easy. You guys over here? <laughs> Delayed reaction. That's me. <laughs> How about this side? Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, all right, cool. Ain't this fun? <laughs> Y'all put your money right here. No, that's wrong, that's wrong. You guys exit that way, because see, they're going to be in this aisle, so y'all exit that way, but look, you go that way, because we have giving areas back here in the back. So you guys will exit that way, and go around, and you'll give back there. You guys will go that way, go around, and you'll give back there. You guys in the back? <laughs> I love y'all. You guys will exit that way, too. And you just blend in with this group on each side, and you all will give and come right back down the middle and go back to your seats. That's the best way to keep the flow going. Okay? Cool deal? Everybody understand how that works? See, I told you I'd look like I was landing an airplane. Hey, let me say something to our guests today. If you're our guest today, would you please keep your wallet in your, in your pocket? If you're our guest today, would you please keep your purse closed? We don't expect you to give in this offering. Um, now, if God says to do something, then you do what he says. But I'm telling you from my perspective and the perspective of the leadership of our church, we do not at all expect those of you who are looking, you're visiting, you're checking us out, we do not expect that all for you to give in this offering. This is for our family. This is for our church family. Now what we hope is that eventually you'll be in our family, but that's God's business. That's not my business. So, so you say, well, gosh, I mean, I'm gonna stand here and I'm not going to be able to walk up there. Well, just bring your Connect card. Matter of fact, just get an offering envelope and bring it up here too. Everybody will go, bless his heart, bless his heart, you know? Okay, we don't want anybody to stick out. We don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. So if you want to walk up, just walk on up. We're going to turn the lights down pretty low, so I think it's going to make it real comfortable for you in your giving. Scott and Sherry Jennings have been a great, great blessing to me personally and to our church in the area of keeping our marriages healthy. We're going to look at a video that they made recently. Uh, Mitch uh, got with them, my son Mitch, and, and made this video. And um, Scott and Sherry have an incredible testimony. I mean, really... They got, an, they got a testimony that could go on for a, a long time. They could actually write a book about what God's done in their life. But they came to me and said, Pastor, we just wanted to tell you, and if you can use this, great. If you can't use it, don't worry about it. But tithing, us obeying God in tithing, or even more specifically, Sherry obeying God in tithing, led to the healing of their marriage. So we're going to watch this video. While that video's going on, 
the band will come up and then we'll all stand when the video is over. You'll watch me give my offering and that'll be the signal for those of you uh, to go ahead and begin. We had a great time in the early service. It's gonna be a beautiful thing. I love y'all so much. You know what I thank God for, for you? That you let me get up here and preach what he puts in my heart. I cannot tell you how precious that is to me. How precious it is. And I love you. And God is going to do great, great things in our church. Thanks so much. God bless. So it was back in February 2005 that Scott and I were in the midst of our marital woes and, and those, that time of testimony gathering. Mm. And I had gone through the process of, of God drawing me nearer to him and had been submitting everything that I could to him, everything that he told me to, my life, my marriage, our son, my job. I wanted so much for Scott to know Jesus Christ. And I had just asked him to move out because he had some things going on, like a girlfriend and alcoholism and some drugs that he wasn't willing to give up. So he had moved out, and the pastor at my church was um, starting a series on tithing. And through that series, God showed me that I was being obedient in so many areas and submitting to him in so many areas, except my finances, and that although I was contributing what I thought I could, mm -hmm. um, God very clearly told me that partial obedience is disobedience mm. and told me, in Malachi, test me and, and see if I don't bless you abundantly. And so I took that really big step of being pretty much a single mom, still maintaining our house and our cars and... and Mortgage payments and insurance and food and yeah. all those things. And tithed, as God told me to, on my income alone because I didn't have access to his income any longer. So you weren't, you weren't living on 90% of what our income was, you were living on 90% of half of what we were making. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And God is faithful. I never missed a, a, a mortgage payment. Um, there were always groceries, sometimes writing that electric check for the electricity. I was praying because I didn't see how in the world it was going to clear, but, but he was faithful and he used the resources of the universe to meet my needs. And it, not just my financial needs, but it was nine months later that Scott came to know Jesus Christ right after our divorce. And you know, throughout the whole process, God was lining up and putting together the answers to my prayers mm. and, and His will and His heart, which was the redemption and restoration of our marriage and of our family as a whole. He is faithful. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I just, I can't imagine... You know, I'm thankful, so thankful to you for being obedient across the board, you know, because I just know, I have to know that, you know, if you weren't obedient the way God called you to be, you know, I may not be sitting here right now, you know, and we don't like to go down a what if road, but I just, I know that God calls us to be obedient, you know, and, um, you know, for God to say the sovereign God of the universe who has, you know, can measure the, the, the size of the universe with his hands that spoke it you know, into existence with his speech. For him to say, and it's the only place in the Bible he says it, he says, test me on this. 
and see if I don't flood blessings down upon you. And, it, you know, how can that God, that great huge God, you know, that measured the oceans and, and created uh, all that we can see around us, you know, say to me, test me. Who am I to test God? You know, so I, I don't know. I just, we, we have tithing at the top of our budget now. It's at the top of our list, and it's just in our hearts um, to be obedient in that way. And, um, you know, he blesses us time and again. You know, there's times when, when it's tough to write that tithing check. It's t- tough to write that, that check and give that money at times, you know, but it's an act of worship. It's time, there's times when you go to the altar when it's tough to do it, to lay something down, you know. And, but yet you do, you go to the, you're called to the altar, you leave things at the cross, cross that are burdening you. And, you know, this is, it's an act of worship, you know, and this is an act of worship, even though it may seem difficult to do it, and it just becomes easier and easier, and it becomes natural. And I, I would say that if you, if you tithe and then you don't, it, I mean, it hurts, you know, it like hurts your heart, you know. So I just, you know, no matter how difficult, things are financially and you know we tithe in the midst of it he's a gracious faithful God who loves us beyond comprehension and just and just wants us to uh, to be obedient